Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Someone just put Karen on hold permanently. This week on the podcast, R.L. Stein's Call Waiting. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA Pulp Fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Kate. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And today we are discussing R.L. Stein's Call Waiting. <sighs> We are so mad. I we like, are truly so mad. So many instances of disrespect to us as a reader. Yeah. <laughs> occurred uh, in this book. Should I just read the thing the blurb? Yeah, get yeah, it out yeah. of the let's, way. Let's do it. Okay. Someone wants to talk to Karen badly, very badly. Someone who has something very special to say. Someone is calling Karen to say they care. I'm so full of rage. To tell her the plans they've made just for her. Someone wants to reach out, touch her, kill her. Poor Karen. She's all alone this time. And if Karen can't trace the killer caller, Karen's going to die. <sighs> Fuck Karen. I hope Karen that she does. is the villain. <laughs> she is the villain of she the piece. She is the villain. She is abusive. She is yeah. manipulative. Mm-hmm. She is a liar. Like, she is unstable. She truly needs very serious help. Or at least a friend that will be like, Karen, <laughs> Karen, this situation that you're doing, let's stop. Let's just take a walk around the block and like think about it. Also, all of this bullshit, even her behavior, even before the titular call waiting <laughs> situation, <laughs> which is most of the book, the call waiting thing doesn't come in until like three quarters Pretty of the way. late, through. yeah. Even her behavior before that is really bad like she's very um paranoid like any what isn't she's coming unglued like she i i do believe had things gone slightly differently would Mm -hmm. have killed someone oh absolutely it might have been oh my god what is her friend's name micah oh yeah it would have been micah or um oh my god now i can't remember the boyfriend's name i can't tell you you I can't Hank? tell you. Who could say? Uh, uh no one could possibly. Ethan. Ethan. <laughs> His name is Ethan. It wow, is. Wow, that didn't even ring a bell. It doesn't I'm looking at it in the book and it doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> Ethan. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Ethan. I'm I'm gonna tell you something. I'm looking at these reviews, getting pretty, pretty dragged on Goodreads. 
<laughs> except for some people who I'm like, maybe nostalgia is all you have. You know, there's some people that are like, I love. They don't this care book. as long as it's something they knew mm-hmm. or read when they were young. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, well, <laughs> there, you know, there are, there are things that are bad. We don't have to love every one of the books that came out when we were 13. Y'all, we're going to do a fucking Demons Don't Dream mini-sode. I'm going <laughs> to tell you something. <laughs> Sometimes you shouldn't still love the stuff that you loved when you were... No. Whatever age, 9 to 16. Sometimes you just didn't know any better, and you should know better now. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the dang difference. There are some people that are... This review, <laughs> honestly, I don't know which to hate more, the writing, the plot, or the characters. From Karen, <laughs> our main character, to Ethan, the love interest, I didn't realize it until I started reading Stein's work again in my adult years, how each suspenseful chapter endings were all like this shocking ending, only to be totally frivolous things. Yes, 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 mm-hmm. the fake outs. Yeah, it's real bad um, in this one. This one, the fake outs are really bad. Also, okay, when did you know mm-hmm. that she was faking the call waiting? Um, The first time. Yeah, the second it happened. Yeah, the second it happened. Mm-hmm. The second because that we otherwise don't hear it. We would have been, yes, otherwise we would have, the reader, been present for the conversation. Instead of put on hold like Ethan. Yeah. And then and then clicked back on. Because you can actually even fake it, right? Like you can lie, right? And be like, I'm going to kill you. A voice said. Whose voice? Could be Karen's. I mm-hmm. don't know. Do Who a fake say? one. But instead, you're so obvious that it's her. It's, she is, but she's not, she's not like having a, like, conscious, like an unconscious mental break. So if Mm -hmm. we were to have a fake call with her when it was just us, because it wouldn't be Ethan, that would be Arl Stein lying. Right. I will say at least he's not lying apart from the like fake outs. I I even want to say that I don't think she's like unhinged. I think she's like narcissistic. Like I think she is completely manipulative. Like because I only say unhinged because of all the threats. I mean, okay, the threats are pretty nuts. And I guess, okay, because she she becomes threatening. So uh, real quick, and I I don't need to give like a full plot, but the the situation is that her boyfriend, Ethan, is clearly losing interest in her. She thinks that he's cheating on her with a girl named Wendy. He's not, but he does want out of the relationship because he is seeing somebody else or interested in somebody else. She knows it's coming. And so she, for most of the book, is like, fucking kill Wendy. I swear to God, if she comes near Ethan, like, I'm going to kill Ethan. I'm going to kill Wendy. I'm going to kill. She literally says, like, I want to kill Wendy. Yeah. It's like, we're not. Oh, exaggerating. She's at the point where she's like, but do I? But I do. Yeah. And uh, her best friend, Micah, is like, are you okay? To the point where Micah calls, because at one point when, oh my God, what is the main character's name? Karen. Karen. You're me this week. Karen, I I read it last week. And so now it's just, it's gone. I usually read it a lot closer to Mm -hmm. recording, which is why I'm able to remember names. Um, (laughs) Karen like talks to Wendy for a second. Wendy's like holding a diorama or something. She's holding like a paper mache head. Yes. (laughs) Something crazy. (laughs) 
And Wendy falls, and it's sort of like not clear even to us, the readers, whether or not Karen did in fact push her. Mm -hmm. Because it is keeping it open. It's letting us know that Karen is possibly crazy. Yeah. And, and I say crazy in the fiction sense, not in the real mental illness sense. Yes. Um, our um, usual also, disclaimer of these books are um, d- not serious. Yeah. And also usual disclaimer that like the <laughs> the book's portrayal of mental illness is not our belief of mental illness. <laughs> like, yes. Like we are s- commenting on what the book is saying. That's the mm-hmm. disclaimer. We, you know. We use the word mm-hmm. crazy on this podcast. We don't use the word crazy in regards to real people. Unless they're um, like monsters, Mm -hmm. Um, like Trump, he's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so Wendy falls. I love that Karen is just like uh, and like sees her like like concussed down the stairs and is like, I have to go and runs away. Yeah, and two girls see her run, and she's like, Oh no, they're gonna think I pushed her, and we're still sort of like, But did you? Yeah. And so when that happens, Micah actually calls Karen's mom, tells her what happens, and is like, I'm very concerned. As and she, she is be. right to do so. She's being a good friend. Well, because also she's until she's acting, not. She's acting very erratic. And like anytime anyone says anything like remotely related to Wendy, she's like, I didn't push her. And everyone's like, okay, I wasn't really mentioning that. And also, we've been in her head up until this point, and we know she wanted Wendy dead. So, like, really, everyone's right. There's, like, no two ways about it inside uh, Karen's inner monologue. No. And she's got this, she's also got this cousin who just moved back, Adam. Oh, my God. That was the stupidest red herring I've ever seen in my goddamn life. I was about to say, I was like, what is even the point of him? Because he's never really set up as a red herring so i'm like why is he even here it's like rl stein thought maybe he would use him as a red herring and then midway through the book got bored i mean i as he should that character was very boring and i was mm-hmm. like let's move like, on it, the only thing where it's like it, is micah says oh he's creepy and he's super into horror Mm-hmm. And I did appreciate the part where she's like, why do you carry a briefcase to school? And he's I like, because like I like the briefcase. And she's like, but you look weird. And he's like, but I don't care. He's like, I am weird. And she's like, that's true. <laughs> mm, true. Touche. Mm-hmm. Um, touche for your attache. <laughs> oh, my God, Lindsay. <laughs> that was really good. I, I'm seriously in awe. <laughs> She's so she's so like that's the only moment with Adam that I appreciate because he's so underutilized that it's like yeah. he has no reason to be present. It's truly like the only thing that makes him a red herring is that he's weird and likes horror. He has no effect on any of the plot whatsoever. None. None. He's In barely fact, I present. Was, I was surprised when he was there sometimes. I was like, oh yeah, oh, he's right, here. You. <laughs> um but, so Karen's like Ugh, like he's my my boyfriend Ethan like wants to break up with me, which like I feel like we need to help Ethan get out of this relationship. Ethan is right to want to break up with her. She's she's controlling. She's possessive. She's so she's controlling. too dependent on him because it's it's said that she had like no real friends before yeah. him, and then 
I think Micah is like a new friend. Micah's a new friend, yeah. Yeah, of about a year. And so she only has Ethan and Micah. Mm-hmm. And she is pushing Micah away with all of her being. Mm-hmm. Making Micah come on these stakeouts to see if Ethan is in fact working at the Sizzler late. Or if he is seeing Wendy. Truly, like when the detail he, of the Sizzler. I feel so bad for Ethan because Ethan, first of all, like isn't even he's not allowed to just not want to spend time with her. Like that I feel like is in a little bit too much, right? He's not allowed to have a night off to himself. Because no. she's like, if you're not working at the Sizzler, like you need to be hanging out with me. And he's like, well, so I guess what happens is that he stops working at the Sizzler because it's affecting his ability to do schoolwork and his grades are kind of falling. So he quits the Sizzler Um and it's just him hanging out at his friend's house sometimes, you know, or yeah, like being at home and doing homework. Dang friend. And like she's like, you're doing homework and not hanging out with me. And it's like, yeah, he should be able to do that. He should be able to. It's she's so possessive of him because also she's like, why is he hanging out with his friend? It's very weird and not OK. What is the friend's <laughs> name? I don't know. Um, <laughs> he like shows up at her house to break up with her. I know. The friend shows up for some reason to return his wallet or something. Do you remember this? And he's oh yeah. So he shows up and he's like, "Oh hey, your mom told me you were here. I just wanted to drop this off because you left it at my house yesterday." And Karen's like, oh, Jake, "I thought Jake that you friend. were yeah, Jake." She's like, "I thought you were working at the Sizzler. Why were you at Jake's house?" <laughs> And he's like, ah, uh, no reason. Um, he actually meant that I like left it another time, but um, he's okay, too afraid ya. to even like do. A- he he lies and covers up everything mm-hmm. when he doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. I'm so sad for Ethan. I'm really sad for Ethan. It's an abusive relationship. It really is. And like, I mean, maybe that was. Arlstein's goal in writing this that like we're seeing this story of like this person that's just like no uh, really bad I mean it might just no because of the ending because of the ending and because we know that Arlstein does not write anything from the heart his own words yeah Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. 
Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Because honestly, because I could see a book with that ending and it just being like, and you know, basically Ethan just seals his fate and like is with her. And it's kind of like story as written by the oppressor. But it's like I doubt girl. that that was the case for this. <laughs> I don't think so. She is, she is like Gone Girl a bit. Yeah, she is a little bit like Gone Girl. She like which I have my own issues with Gone Girl. That, what? How could you? It's perfect. Because <laughs> uh, I remember I watched that movie because everyone was like, "Wow." Can you believe that this movie's so good? And I watched it and I was like, I feel like it hates women. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> but but this was before any of the discourse about it. So I everyone was Everybody's like saying how much they that loved cool it. Cool girl monologue. Yeah, but I was I was like, but don't you see how the book is putting women in that? I don't know. It was very like I, Yeah. I was like, ah, or not the book, the movie at the time, because I hadn't read the book yet. But I remember Have you just read being the book like since. Huh? Have you read the book since? No, I have not read the book, but the movie The book was great because it it like I was so fooled. Oh, really? I was 100% fooled because the whole first half of the book is just her diary that she invents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like why yeah. shouldn't I believe that? I was like, wow, this poor girl. And then it gets to the second half of the book. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Where did my friend go? She's gone. I just felt like the like and I know that like just one instance of something is doesn't mean that the author feels that way in general. But when I and I assume that this is the same about the book, but like the movie felt very much to me like, did you know that sometimes when women claim abuse or like that a guy isn't good they can be fucking lying <laughs> and i was like like i was just like i don't know this just like seems kind of like fucked up and like it's and while a the hard story to tell because just, it does happen but it's so rare and it's so damaging well here's what i think the movie could have done better right mm-hmm. like like it could have gotten us to think or it could have communicated to the viewer or at least to me specifically like i guess maybe other people felt that uh, maybe other people I felt like it was kelly fine cut. the kelly cut would have been where you are like damn that girl should not have done that but also she i feel for her and if i were in her position i would have done the same like cuz you can cuz you can see someone that's pushed right to to act in a way that's like morally wrong but mm-hmm. then you could be like, mm, but you know what, though, if I were if I experienced those things, who knows if I would have done the same. What did we read recently that we felt that way? Remember? Oh, oh. it was um, fucking Elf King. El- Elf. Oh, yeah. Elf whatever. We, we were like, Elf wow, gift. Elf Gift is a fucking monster. And then as soon as you're in his head, you're like, mm, I understand these people are trash. Yeah. Where you're like, <laughs> but I get it. Elf Gift. I do. Whereas, like, this was kind of, like... Well, the problem is that she is a true sociopath. Yeah. And so that is very hard to write. Yeah. I think maybe... And I am i don't know that it was successful because it's been a while since I've read the book. And I do mm-hmm. think that, like, 
in the adaptation, I remember thinking like, huh, this is not how I would have thought this would go. Mm. But like once she has left after like just once she's disappeared mm-hmm. and the rest of her plan is in motion, it's clear that she's an idiot. And then all she all that happens is she gets taken advantage of and then mm. she ends up kidnapped and abused by her ex. Mm. So it's like, well, abuse does exist. She just didn't happen to be suffering from it in the lie. But then that's weird because it's like, oh, well, is it like saying that she has it coming? And I don't think so because I I really liked um what is it? Sharp edges? Oh, sharp objects. Sharp sharp objects. I just here's my issue. And with that didn't this. seem to have any like misogynistic. Well, didn't it have someone lied about sexual abuse? I feel like I feel like here, here taken alone, it's Ooh, one maybe, thing, right? You tell maybe one Jillian story. Flynn has some issues, huh? Maybe Jillian Flynn has some issues. Gillian, I don't, uh, I, know I don't remember. I think it's Jillian, but uh, it's yeah. I think she. Uh, when you take one piece of work alone, right? First of all, if you if you write something about somebody lying about abuse. <laughs> It's tricky because uh, I have met pathological liars in my life. Mm-hmm. But if you are to write something and in this world, this story is about somebody who lies about abuse, it's hard to say that you don't believe that about or that you. Yeah, it's hard to say that you don't believe that about everybody that claims abuse, because then why are you telling this story? And but fine, right? Maybe it's just one story you tell. But I, Jillian Flynn does have a reputation in her in her books that she writes of like it being about women lying about either rape or or abuse. Because remember, there was something I don't remember the in Sharp Objects the um the daughter the one who the one who ends up being the villain was claiming abuse, but then it was like no, actually, like she's actually, a sociopath she's being abused by her mother. Or she's abusing her mother. No, she's... Doesn't she kill her mother? Wasn't no, it like... No, the mother gets arrested. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. She's the being mother, abused by her mother. The mother has Munchausen by proxy syndrome. She's making her sick? The, yeah, she's, she's legit making her sick, but the little girl is also a sociopath. Also a sociopath. So it's just so like... the little girl has been killing... The little girl was killing has the been other killing. little girl. Yes, 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 yes. the yes. mom was also poisoning her daughters. Right, right, right. Right, right, right. I mean, it's just, it's tricky because... Well, maybe she grew up with, like, a terrible sociopath mother, and so that's what yeah. she knows, and that's what she writes about. And there are bad women. <laughs> there are evil women in this world. So it's hard to say, like, you can't write about that, but as to whether you think it was successful is another issue. Right. That's the thing. I don't think anyone should never be able to write about anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I feel like you yeah, can write about whatever you want. You just have to deal with the consequences of like what people think about what yeah, you write. Exactly. So that's the thing when people are like, oh, you're telling me what I can't write about. I'm like, you can write. You can write anything. No one's saying you can't write. Is there a, are like, are people knocking down your door and like taking your typewriter away from you? No. I you can write about whatever. I a back and forth about somebody um, and their... Um, Feelings about the finale of season three of Infinity Train. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I don't like that you did this because it makes, I get the impression that you felt this way about it. And I think that that's 
horrible. Mm. And I said, well, I actually, I don't think that way about it. Um, mm-hmm. Whether or not that came across that way, that's like totally subjective. And I can't say whether or not you thought I was successful or not. But all I can do is tell you that that wasn't my point of view when I wrote it. Yeah. And but I, you know, it's totally valid to think that right. that wasn't coming across. But he was like, no, you definitely think this way. And that's clear. And I was like, OK, well, goodbye. I like all I can do is like tell you how I felt and then it's up to you to feel how you want to feel about it. Yeah. So, yeah. So like it, it the intention can't intention isn't 100% of the success of a work. Right. Right. It is up to the person watching how they interpret that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You and can also write about I mean, it, but people yeah. might not think you did it well. Yeah. And also like there's there's something to be said about a pattern which like I think Jillian Flynn does have a pattern of see I did not remember that yeah she has a pattern of like her themes and I think one of her books is all about a woman who lies about a rape oh boy where it's kind of it's it's like and I think it's one of those things where you don't notice it until you know there's a pattern and then when you read it again you're like oh Jillian obvious yeah you're like oh no duh (laughs) because <laughs> it's true, right? Like there are bad women in the world. And I think I think the success in writing about women who are, quote, bad is the same as writing about a villain well, right? Like it should be the same. Like they should be like you can write about a it's it's well done if it's just a well-written character, if that makes sense. I didn't have the problem with it that you had. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I but I, I understand. I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um. Anyway, so Karen's a monster. <laughs> Karen is for sure. Karen's a gone girl monster and a villain. Um, the book seems to agree with us until the last like ten pages. Yep, because she, and which again. I find unacceptable. So what happens? <sighs> What happens is as soon as it's like very clear that Ethan doesn't want to see her anymore. And the problem is that, I mean, Ethan, I I understand why he's trying to do it slowly because he's probably freaked out by her. But rather than saying, I want to break up, he's like, I want to see other people, but there's no reason we can't still see each other. Oh, my God. He's like trying to go with like, we should date. Yeah, non-exclusively, which which like that does never... not work. When you're in an exclusive relationship, you cannot downgrade. Yeah, especially when you're like in high school. Yes. <laughs> it's very weird. And especially when the person that you want to see is Micah, her best friend. It's yeah. not going to work out. No, but no, he, you can tell that really it's just that he's trying to ease his way out of it. Yeah, but then she takes that. She's like, OK, great. Um. I will just continue to, you know, um, dominate all of your free time. So if I ask you to hang out all the time first, then you can't see anyone else. And she finds out that he, in fact, has not been working at the Sizzler. He's been like trying to catch up with his schoolwork. So she gets really mad. And and hanging out with Jay because he needs outside friends. Yes, he needs outside friends. So she calls him and she's like, what are you doing? And he, she's like, you are not working at the Sizzler. They said you haven't worked there for two weeks. And he's like, 
look, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to live my life. And she's like, hold on. I'm getting a call (laughs) on my call waiting. I hate call waiting. It always happens at the most inopportune moments. Excuse me a moment. It always happens at the moments that like I feel like my control over you is waning. Yes. It's a coincidence. (sighs) She's like, hold on one second. And then she's like, one, two, three, four, five, six. And like waits like 30 seconds, calls, uh, goes back and is like, (laughs) Ethan, (laughs) someone is really scary. Their voice is really scary. And they said they're going to murder me. And he's like, whoa, what? And she's like, come over here right now. Please come over here. And he's like, okay. So he comes over and she's like, great. (laughs) Great. Thank you for coming over. I feel much better now that you're here. (laughs) I know she had her fake crying. (laughs) Oh, I was never so scared, Ethan. (laughs) And he's like, it's okay. And he's like, shit, what do I do? And then she does that a couple more times. And then Ethan comes over to drop something off, is talking to her mom. And he's like, oh, man, you know, your call waiting has been doing something really weird. Like I kept trying to call, but it was going to the to the uh, beep beep, like the busy signal. Mm -hmm. And the mom's like, we don't have call waiting. And he's like, oh, (laughs) and then it cuts to and she's already done it like two or three times at this Mm -hmm. point. And it cuts to her like bounding down the stairs. She's like, so are you ready to go to the discotheque? Oh, yes. They're going to the discotheque. (laughs) And the mom is like, we have to talk to you. (laughs) They're like, um, Karen? And is, so the brother is there as well. Oh, yeah. He's on break from his first year in college. Oh, yeah, his pranks. Oh, my God, Lindsay. Uh, Pranks. (gasps) uh, Pranks. I can't believe, I think I was going to (sighs) forget about this. So the first prank that he pulls is that he's (laughs) inserted a dummy into her trunk and she thinks it's a dead body. No, it's a dummy. Okay. Next morning at breakfast. This is the beginning of the book. This is our forced interaction with Peter. Yeah. What does he do, Kelly? What does he do? He puts an egg on his eye, which we've already fucking seen in an R.L. Stein book. And yet here we are. Friday on his eyes. And he says, my eyes are running. It's the fucking joke that we bring up all the time when we're talking about R.L. Stein brand humor. In these books, he literally does it. He literally puts eggs on his fucking eyes. I was so you, mad. I was so mad. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You, I mean, honestly, actually, maybe maybe this book is perfect. And like that would have pushed me to, to, to fake phone calls like having a brother that like his idea of humor can you imagine you're sitting down for breakfast feel so i am filled with rage at the very idea of having such a brother to people that have been watching the vow do you you know the the rage that you feel every time you see keith ranieri (laughs) that is the rage that i feel when this man this college man puts eggs on his eyes like greasy ass eggs. We even he even he's mentions 14, the grease. Not thirteen, or he's nineteen, not fourteen, is what I was gonna say. And then totally different numbers jumped 14 into my head. Fourteen going on thirteen. <laughs> so he's nineteen. He, he is not a fourteen-year-old boy. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. This is not acceptable, even at fourteen. And so, let alone at nineteen. I'm just like, 
did humor was humor just like so different in the 90s that like (laughs) like you know when sometimes you watch comedy like really old episodes of snl that Mm -hmm. like boomers are like this is perfect and you watch it and you're like but where are the jokes Mm mm-hmm it's like that. Maybe. Where it's like, that's so funny, the eggs on the eyes. And I'm like, but is it? The idea of watching my kinfolk do mm-hmm. such a thing. True. I would be like filled with rage. Why, God, did you give me such a brother? Yeah. Well, like, I, it's not like this is the only time something like that has happened. That means there's been a thing. fucking lifetime of eggs on eyes. Eggs on eyes constantly. Can you imagine like... So what would you like I if my brother at the breakfast table put eggs on his eyes and poked the yolks so that they would be dripping and was like, my eyes are running. I think I would literally just sit there in silence and be like, are you done? That was really funny. (laughs) And then just sit there in silence. I think that I would say, please stop. Please stop it. And I think I would get up. And I would leave because I couldn't deal with it. I would take my cereal in the other room. I'd be like, for the last time, this isn't funny. It's disgusting. You disgust me. Like, Mom, literally, like, I why aren't you doing anything you. about this? Please stop. Please. Please. I, I can't. I, it's so unfunny. I want to cry. I am crying. To- Please. I can't say specifically why, but it does strike me as offensive. Like, I am, like, offended. Yes. I think just, like, at what he thinks comedy is. My whole body is buzzing at the very idea of having to sit there while this fucking idiot. Yeah, absolute idiot. Just smears raw egg yolk on his face. It would go down his neck. It would be dripping onto his shirt I would just be like, you are 19. Have you seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, but it's been a while. I mean, it just feels like something that would be occurring at that dinner scene. Like it feels like. Just like filth and filthy, degradation. Filthy dinner. Yeah. Like that, so would, that belongs in that. I'm so mad that it happened again. And it's the specificity of eggs on the eyes. Like I truly. You know what would have been funny? How many times do you think he did this as a child? Sorry. You know what would have been hilarious? What? Actually. Okay. Despite the fact this is a pretty similar joke, but to me, it's pretty (laughs) hilarious. If the brother picked up the eggs and uh, put put them on his chest and was like, it's cold in here. hilarious i am so sorry but i do not feel the same way i think i would have been more grossed out i was like really you're gonna make nipple jokes at me at the table yeah, I'm nipple jokes and your eggs are nipples and your nipples are eggs what are you doing i am disgusted even at having to think about my brother's nipples get out of here with this nonsense Okay, 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 okay. He, he's, he's wearing his shirt and then he unbuttons it and it reveals that he has eggs in between his oh skin my and his God. shirt. <laughs> I, would, I would flee. I would flee the house. I'd be like, Mom, you need to take care of this. This is your job to shape this human being yeah. that you birthed 
into yeah, the I world. Would, I would be like, this is your son. <laughs> Look what you made. <laughs> Look what you have loosed upon the world. <laughs> Do you see oh this? God. Are you not seeing this? <laughs> Am I crazy? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i hate peter i hate him we hate so peter so much uh i feel sick thinking about peter i want to f- fucking die Fuck so peter so peter is there right oh right because peter's there mom's there ethan's there and everyone and even peter is like um peter he's angry. right to be peter's like karen this is absolutely unhinged like and he's the only one who's getting that upset right because her mom's just like okay the fact that the mom like the mom is an enabler the i fact was that the just mom about to say this let yes. her go to the dance with or dance hall discotheque with ethan like she's putting ethan in danger i being like oh. i just saw that you are faking getting threatening phone calls to keep your boyfriend he looks my, visibly upset. He won't even look at her. She's a bad mother. She lets bad Peter mom. put eggs on his face and she lets yeah. her daughter Karen emotionally abuse a young boy right in front of her. Yeah. She should know. She she has to be like, no, I forbid you to see Ethan. Yeah. Because y- this is an unhealthy obsession. Yeah. And the fact that then Ethan is by her side all the time while she tries to work through her obsession with Ethan is so mm-hmm. counterproductive. Yeah. And the fact that her mom is like, thank you for sticking with her. And like further mm-hmm. making Ethan feel like he is responsible for her emotional well-being is sickening. She is a bad person. Well, it's truly like she's like, Ethan is doing like... He- She's Ethan's problem right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he kind is of doing like, the heavy lifting yeah. that the mom is clearly unwilling to do with her own daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So then she goes to the dance hall with Ethan. Ethan is like refusing to look at her, like refusing to really talk to her. He like runs off and gets on the phone and is like obviously trying to call for help. She's like, what are you doing? Who are you, are you talking Wendy? to? Are you and calling like, what? Wendy? He's like, Wendy? Who's Wendy? Like, he literally is like, what? And Wendy and like, does the know. same thing. She's like, I know that you're saying Ethan. She's like, Karen, I don't know what you are talking about. Yeah. And you let me lay at the bottom of the stairs. I know that you didn't push me. I haven't been telling anyone that you pushed me. But you let me lay there concussed. Yeah, she's like, you didn't help me. Yeah. And Karen's like, mm, true. I. <laughs> <sighs> hate karen she's the problem she's really bad she's really bad because then right like so so ethan has been sticking by her side nonstop, and because this poor boy has been broken but he also is like so she started going to this like therapist or like counselor person oh no it's a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. right yeah i think it's a psychiatrist and um it's not super helping because, well, everybody around her is still enabling her obsession. Yeah. So, like, how and much could it help if she has, she got everything she wanted out of this. Everything worked yeah. out for her. Yeah. Yeah. If she is a narcissist, I believe this is true, that it, 
it's common belief that like narcissists don't really benefit from therapy because they like twist everything. They can't be wrong. Right. So like even if a therapist is like, you're wrong, they're like, mm, you're out to get me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's not really helping nope. uh, her. And then what? Oh, so like what? E- here's the other thing. No stakes in this story. Like no one dies. This is not an exciting book. No. It, well, because for the bulk of the story, it's Karen doing all the calls. Mm-hmm. And so then all of a sudden, after like, I, I think like six weeks of this, mm-hmm. of everybody just indulging Karen's obsession mm-hmm. with Ethan, all of a sudden she starts getting actual calls, actual threatening mm-hmm. calls. Mm-hmm. And I think that as ever, it is like an inhuman voice called. I know. And so then she genuinely starts freaking out and she tells people and obviously they don't believe her. Why would they? Yep. Everybody's just like, "Mm, yeah, that's bad. That's pretty bad. I guess we'll just have to wait this out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then, no, she is getting threatening calls and they're coming from Micah because yep. all of a sudden Micah's crazy because she's the one that Ethan wanted to start seeing. And now Ethan has been spending all of his time with Karen again. Mm-hmm. And it's ridiculous. And so now suddenly it's like every girl in this, if you lose your boyfriend, you lose your mind. Mm-hmm. By every girl, I mean two girls. <laughs> well, they're the only the two ones characters. That are- First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. And so th- we have this showdown at the end of the book. Ugh. It's like Micah let out a scornful laugh. You mean you didn't know about Ethan and me? You didn't know that Ethan planned to break up with you so that he and I... But I thought it was Wendy, Karen interrupted. Micah shook her head. He was never interested in Wendy, she said softly. She picked up the iron poker from its stand and turned to jab at the fire. Why do you think I was spending so much time with Jake, Karen, so that I could see Ethan? I was like, flawed logic. Ethan and I met at Jake's. You couldn't possibly think I was interested in Jake, could you? I I didn't know, Karen replied weakly, but you ruined it. You ruined everything with those stupid phone calls you made up. Um, And she just keeps saying that you ruined everything when you started the routine with the phone calls. Ethan suddenly felt so sorry for you, so guilty. He couldn't bring himself to break up with you in your hour of need. And so then mm-hmm. she like tries to kill her. But she but like at that left. point, it's so anticlimactic. I don't Ugh. care if Karen gets killed by her. I was like, good. Yeah, Save I was like, Ethan fine. From this nightmare. Honestly, like I fine. Like it's so weird that there's like two potentially murderous people in this story. Karen and Micah. <laughs> like it's. I so we have so they both charge at each other like mooses. Yeah. Mises. And she or Micah is holding this hot iron poker. Mm-hmm. Karen rushes her and 
Micah screams, Ethan is mine now! And she shoved the burning hot poker through Karen's heart. Karen, and then new chapter, Karen dropped to her knees as the pain burned through her chest. It took her a short while to realize that she hadn't been stabbed with the poker. A hot cinder had leapt from the fire and burned through her sweater. This is literally like when the leaf falls on our character and she thinks she's being tackled. Yes. It a cinder? You thought a cinder was you being was stabbed literally, through the heart? Also, there's no way a cinder burned its way through your sweater in that brief a time. In that brief a time, yeah. Like, it would it have might been burn like, your sweater, but it wouldn't burn through making you think that a hot poker was being stabbed through your fucking heart. And especially like, okay, fine, right? Like I could see a cinder burning through your sweater, but the, in the time that it takes versus like, what occurred in the tussle i don't know why you would think that that's being stabbed like the timing just doesn't line up it doesn't line up nothing lines up in these stupid cliffhangers (laughs) so they're fighting and then ethan shows up because it turned out turns out that he was on the phone with micah when karen showed up because karen figured out that it was micah making the threatening phone calls because she heard the chimes of Micah's like clock, which are distinctive and and it was set up at the beginning of the book. It was. So good job, Arl's time. Yeah, Chekhov's cuckoo. And Ethan shows up because he heard the whole thing happening over the phone. And <laughs> Micah's like, she showed up. She said voices told her to kill me. And and he gets there and she's like, she needs to be taken to a hospital. And Ethan says, okay. And then new chapter. Okay, Micah, Ethan repeated softly. You can stop lying to me. So then he explains that he heard everything. And he says, enough, Ethan said softly. I heard everything, Micah. That's why I came running over. But Ethan, you and I, Ethan shook his head. Micah, didn't it ever occur to you that I stayed with Karen through all this because I care about her? This was insane. I was like, I was so no. Mad. I was like, Ethan, get out. This is your chance. Sure, you've been after me to break up with her, and I was tempted for a while, but I came to my senses. I realized how much Karen means to me. Michael let out an anguished sob of defeat. Then she turned away, her features twisted in sadness and dismay. The room became silent except for the crackling of fire. Karen leaned her head against Ethan's shoulder. She felt his arm tighten around her waist. Am I hearing voices now? She asked. Or did you really say that? I am hearing voices telling us to leave. He replied softly, holding her close. He led her to the door and they just leave. And that's the end of the book. Also, okay. Poor Ethan. This is the other thing that these girls are willing to die for someone who just seems pretty nothing. Yep. Like there's no bad for him, but I'm also not like he's worth it. He's not worth it, girls. Nobody's worth it because all of you suck. Yeah. No, it's not like it's not like either of them had any true connection with him. It's high school. Mm-hmm. And I will buy one crazy girl, but all the girls going crazy over Ethan is very stupid. Also, we're not getting like true villainy like Reva, right? Like that was like we were living for it because she's so, so, so evil. Yes. Whereas this is kind of just like, I'm like, is this what you think teenage girls are like? Like that, it's not so committed 
and like arch, you know, that I'm like, oh, this is obviously like a murderer. Like if I were nine and reading this, I would be like, oh, this is how girls need to feel about guys Mm -hmm. and not. Oh, this is a villain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would be like, well, of course she did that. Her boyfriend was going to break up with her. Yep. Yep. I did not have fun with this one at all. I did not. I was in, I was I was fully enraged. I was too there were too many cliffhangers. One egg is one egg too many. Or I think two eggs. I think he put eggs over both his fucking eyes. Who knows? Who cares? And then Any you've got nothing but these gaslighting women. I I just I so don't recommend this one. I don't recommend this book. Um I think listening to because like it was just the rage is not fun rage right it's like how dare you rage yes it was like the audacity of this yeah and how could you do this to us and okay this is like minor but like the rage that i felt as like a struggling creator uh-huh you know where yeah. you're like god i put so much fucking thought and work you know like i put so much into like the stuff that i do yeah and i'm fucking so exhausted all the fucking time and this is like this book alone probably made rl stein so much money so it's like kind of it's just like it's very um rl stein it makes you feel kind of defeated a lot but he does not work hard yeah i think Mid, he made decisions on the fly with this book. That's what I think happened with Adam. And he doesn't actually care about any, he doesn't care about people. He has said in that masterclass, I never write anything from the heart. Don't worry. Don't worry about writing from the heart. You don't have to. Here's here's the thing. There are books that you can tell he had fun writing, right? Like, because there's some bangers out there. We I, we liked cheerleaders. Uh huh. And and that's the thing. Like, there's there's ones where you can tell he liked writing them. That if you're one, having I fun. Thought, that to me, like, kind of is writing from the heart. Yes. Maybe yes. he's having fun, but most of the time, it just feels like oh, I got to get through this. You can just really tell which books he l- had fun writing and which ones are just like editors filling a and, deadline. You know, yeah. Yeah. And also because, in that masterclass, he's like, I hate rewrites. Oh, my favorite for thing for is sure. for somebody to tell me no revisions are necessary. And I was like, you get told that ever. Well, and also like, isn't that everybody's favorite thing? Like you don't have to. You, you don't have to do any more work on this. It's good. Like, kind of. I, I like doing revisions. I I like editing a lot because I feel like some of my best stuff comes from when I'm editing or rewriting. Um, But it's just like saying like, oh, I love when someone tells me like, perfect. Like it's just, you're not unique. Like that's very. (laughs) It's always nice to get that validation. But I think he didn't, he doesn't say that because of the validation. No, He says that because he doesn't want to do any more work on it. He doesn't want to think about this book ever again. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to say, the Fear Street sagas still, I still hold them in my heart. I think those are fun. I think I still mostly love his books. Yeah. Cheerleaders is fun. It's just like, I think I would say this of anybody that wrote this book. Mm-hmm. I can tell you did not care about this book. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I and can so I'm just like, tell that I you wish think you teenage girls are dumb. Yeah. Because he does have his books where you don't feel that way. Cheerleaders. That one mm-hmm. is like 
I remember we were like, yeah. damn, like it was cheerleading nice. is taken seriously, yeah. like really cool. It but wasn't this one, doing it's that just, girl stealing each other's boyfriends theme. There were no guys. There was a guy and he was barely in it. He did not have a bearing no, on the nothing. plot, really. No. But this one is just, I don't know. It's its very interesting. It just feels like it's like a book I, from a different person. I still really enjoy R.L. Stein books, but at the same time, no one makes me madder than R.L. Stein. It's the, you know what? It's the ones you love because mm-hmm. they can, they just betray you. Yeah. They betray you. They, they, those, those cuts go deeper. Well, also it's, and it's also because we, I'm like, I know you can do better. Yes. I, I've seen it. It's so like, why? Just try giving a shit. This book, I was like, oh, so I think you can skip mm-hmm. this one. There are other better R.L. Stein books. Yep. This I would not say is the case. I mean, he does. He hits his stride with Fear Street. I would say yeah. I haven't. I can't think apart from the, <laughs> the moose standoff. Okay, that moose one was hilarious. Was, I loved that. Uh, that was st- the stuff of legends. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can't really think of a pre-Fear Street book that I was really impressed by. Yeah, I think Fear Street Apart is like when he's moment. doing his strength. Mm-hmm. I think he's, you know, he's gotten some more writing under his belt. You know what? Also, though, mm, he does have ghostwriters. He does? Yes. He I acts know like he, he doesn't. Everybody acts like he doesn't. But several people have written to us saying like, no, what? he definitely has ghostwriters. I think he oh writes my- a lot. Because otherwise, how? God. How? How? He was writing Hold Fear on. Street and Goosebumps at the same time. No. I can hear the little clacking of your fun gaming keyboard. Um, See, according to Stein himself, he didn't use a ghostwriter for the bulk of the Goosebumps novels. Yeah. Other authors helped him write outlines. Scholastic axed his contract renewal, claiming he was using ghostwriters. Ooh. Interesting. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like with the ghostwriter for Fear Street and Goosebumps, since they're kind of just like anthologies, like you don't really need, they're not like, what's it like episodical? Like they're not, you don't need uh, to know what happened in the other books. So that's like a perfect thing for a ghostwriter. Literary writer, we're probably looking at the same Reddit. Tom Parada claims he wrote Thrill Club from Fear Street. But somebody thinks it sounded too much like Stein to for that to be true. But he probably did a Stein pass on them. That yeah. would be easy. Um, and then I definitely, oh, where's the part? Other Fear Street books, the Sagas series, have thank you notes to writers who contributed to the manuscript, whatever that means. Okay, so that's ghostwriters. But a couple people, like I think at least one person wrote to say like, I think like my dad was a ghostwriter. Oh my god! I can't. That should be a book. My dad told, was an was an Arlstein yeah, ghostwriter. Seriously, I can't. I'm not positive. Um, but if there's rumors, you know where there's smoke, there's fire. Exactly. You know? But I know somebody said that there are ghostwriters. I just don't know how many and how extensive their work was. Yeah, it might have been outlines. That's still you know, means he wasn't writing all these books on his own. Yeah. It's like having a writer's room. He's like fucking Aaron Sorkin. I mean, 
don't get me started on my feelings about Aaron Sorkin. Everybody Indeed. fucking loves him. I think he's a lazy fucking hack. I think that Sorry. more and more people in the world feel that way, especially okay. in the like after West Wing. Yeah, all of his stuff just blows. I just there feel are a like lot of people, problems with West Wing. There are too. some people though who I thought I respected their opinions that are like Newsroom was great. And I'm like, <gasps> are you, Newsroom was the most embarrassing Excuse thing I've ever me? fucking seen in my life. <laughs> who said that? I just remember people liking it. I can't remember what? specifically, but I remember being like, can I not say that this is hack as shit? That's crazy. God damn it. Who said this thing about the ghostwriter? I don't know. Someone did. Okay. Well, tweet at us if you did. Yeah. Or email Send us, us or another whatever. email or message or whatnot. Um, Maybe it was on but page. yeah, so that's the book. You know, you, yeah, it's there's so other R.L. Stein books you can read. Yeah. Look them up elsewhere. <laughs> Look them look up. up. Look up the favorites. Yeah. Um. But thank you so much to everybody who listened. Thank you so much to our Patreon listeners. You help keep us alive. Seriously, right now it's it's pretty tough for podcasts out there. So we really appreciate yes, it. Yes, we do. Um. So a very special thank you to our Patreon producers. Thank you, Aaron Fernandez, Amanda Nangle, and Dwyer, Ashley Fritz, Claire Moore, Courtney McPhail, Daniela Mana, Danny, Emily Pooley, Gabriela Santiago. Gianna Fernandez. Grace Armstrong. Jeremy Cron, Jessica Smith-Harper. Jonathan Venable. John Ryling. And you are new, so please tell us if we are pronouncing your last name incorrectly. Jordan Colway. Karen Lewis. Kat Miller. Katie Lilly. Katie Olsner. Kelly Burns. Christina. Landry Desmond. Laura Hooper. Lonnie Martin. Luke Bartek. Mandalay Walshlager. Marco Pavisic. Ariana Terzakis. Melody. Megan Lozier. Micah Eunice. Miguel Camacho. Miranda Hester. Molly Marks. Oscar Gallegos, Randy Clut, Rashad Black, Rogue Kalahua, Sersha Descaro, Sarah, Sarah Jaggers, Sarah Nichelle, Sarah Wallen, Sasha Gibson, Shannon Pickens, Sydney Bollinger, Tristan Buckner, Victoria Beck, Victoria Valdez, and Wendy Bartos. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate Thank you it. Thank to our new donors. Very much appreciate it. You just said that, but I said it again. It's okay. They like to hear it multiple <laughs> times. Uh, and uh, next week we are reading a secret, um, but it will be a birthday related. Mm-hmm. It's gonna book be your because birthday. it'll be my birthday, Yay. and I'll be turning twenty two. Congrats! Thank you. Just graduated college. I just graduated college, and I'm so excited for my brand new life. <laughs> the easy mm-hmm. job market. Hmm. Um. So thank you so much, everybody. Really appreciate uh, we you. really appreciate you. Um, we see you next week. In the meantime, please wear a mask. Please social distance if you can afford it. Um, Black lives matter. Trans lives matter. Be nice to each other. And keep it creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.